A nigga got a woosah. Coming at me, never work, no matter who try. I got them all in check without the woo-ha. Flip modes on you quick, got a few sides. Coming from the sex side. When niggas go and shower, pussy just to get by. Stay true, never switch sides. Yeah, the game to me. Yo, this is Stacey and Dan. You're listening to The Dull Roar. And welcome, 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 listeners, audience members. We are live on episode five of the Dog War Podcast radio station. I'm your co-host, Stacy. Uh, we do have Dan. And today's a special episode because we have a guest. We have our first guest uh, to the pod. Uh, and I want to introduce uh, Alex Grillo, a.k.a. Spinrillo. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. And uh, we're doing this. We got our first guest on the podcast, man. So welcome. Welcome. I'm excited yeah. that you're on. I'm happy that you're on. Uh, yeah, you were thanks. one of the first people that thought about getting onto the podcast. So I'm glad we made this happen. I'm glad we made this happen five episodes in. So let's just get things started off, man. How are you feeling? How are you feeling during these quarantine times? I'm surprisingly good, man. I'm pretty damn good. I guess That's first, good. though, I want to I wanted thank you for having me, man. Appreciate y'all thinking of me. And reaching out to be the first person on the podcast. No but yeah, doubt. man. Overall, though, I feel I feel like man. I feel I feel pretty damn good. No doubt, no doubt. So, uh, just a little background for our, our audience members: why we decided to have you on. One, I know we have that connection. Uh, we both went to the University of Maryland, so shout out UMD. Uh, uh, hey, Montgomery <laughs> Hall, baby. Montgomery, Montgomery Hall. You know South the vibes, Campus. man. You <laughs> know the vibes. South Campus, man. We went through some shit. There's a lot of shit we can't talk about on this pod for sure. Right. Um, but, you know, you know, I know we both went through some shit. Uh, yeah. But I just want to give uh, listeners just a quick, quick, quick little uh, little summary. So Grillo is a DJ, actually, uh, and he's been doing this. I would say it's about it seems like it's been like three years since you really started this journey. Uh, with about that, DJing. yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've not just... At first, it started off with just doing, you know, some parties here, here and there in Montgomery and courtyards uh, um, and some other functions. And then it blew up to, you know, you're, 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 you're DJing at Homecoming. And now you're also up and down U Street uh, DJing at other certain types of events. So I just kind of, you know, I love your sound. I, I love what you're putting out on SoundCloud. And Appreciate we'll it, man. That. Yeah, man, we'll get into that a little bit later. But I just wanted to talk to you about, you know, your journey into becoming a DJ, what that's been like, because I think you're killing it. And for somebody to pick this up and three yeah, man, years in, I think, it's a, I think it's a testament. Because this is something, I ain't even going to lie, this is something I've been trying to kind of put my toe into a little bit. Because I just oh, yeah. love, I love how, with DJs, I just love how you can take a song and implement mm-hmm. your own type of vibe and sound into it and make it your own and you just give yeah. one you give a, you give an appreciation for the song but then you also just give an appreciation and uh of the creativity of the artist right. and you are an artist djs are artists uh, oh yeah creative oh so. yeah don't don't ever get it twisted man mm-hmm. nah but hey now's the time to start djing bro now, mm-hmm. now is the time <laughs> yeah man all you gotta so, do all you gotta do is buy a controller <laughs> nah but yeah go ahead man <laughs> Nah, man. So what? Uh, what got you into DJing? What so, started it all? Because you didn't I, I start tried. like you didn't come into Maryland wanting to be a DJ. You were a bio major. Right. But once I left Maryland, I was in a position where I I was just sitting on my ass trying to find something to do. Right. So coincidentally, um, this is around fall fifteen. Coincidentally, 
around this time, my boy, who's a DJ, graduated from Howard, and he happens to live 10 minutes down the street from me. Mm-hmm. I live in Bowie, he lives in Crawford. So we had became cool maybe like six months prior. So I find out he's home. He finds out I'm home, and I'm like, yo, what you up to? He's like, nothing really, man. I was like, okay, cool. So I started going to his gigs with him, just taking him because he doesn't have a car. He's like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can hop on the boards if you want. And I'm just like, for real? Okay. So, like, when we're setting up for the party, I would start messing with the board a little bit. Like, okay, this is kind of fun. So, fast forward, like, a couple weeks of us doing this. Um, I'm just like, hey, bro, you trying to come through the crib and, and just, just DJ, have a nice session? And he's like, yeah, man, we could do that, whatever. Mind you, at this point, right, I have been collecting music since I'm in sixth grade. By the time I started DJing, this is in fall 2015, I have 9,000 songs in my library. So it's almost like I had a head start when I hopped on the boards. Like, I had more songs than my mans who gave me, who bought the equipment to my house. But, um, yeah, back to the point, we just start hopping on the boards in my basement. And then next thing you know, hours going by. And I'm just in that, just mixing. You know what I'm saying? Just, like, all my right, own music, right. too, just, just mixing. I'm like, yo, this kind of this kind of dope. And I started putting mixes together. Um, this is when I had, like, five followers on SoundCloud. I put them joints on SoundCloud just for my friends to hear. And right. I, started getting fee- I started getting feedback. And this is where it starts to click. People are like, yo, you got some cool ideas. And beyond that, you have a good ear for music. You know, I, I naturally am able to connect the dots when it comes to songs mm-hmm. um, based on like the, the fundamental basis of DJing, which is going to be tempo, right? Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I have a, I, I would say I have a very natural knack for connecting the vibes or the feelings in songs mm-hmm. based on the, the pitch, the tonality, the instrumentation, just because I grew up immersed in music you know mm. i listen to literally not every genre imaginable but i listen to a lot of different music bro anything any everything from like the gorillas to to sade you know what i'm saying right but, um yeah when i started it's just i just had the ear you know what i mean mm. not to try to size myself but it's just like it just clicked in ways that only someone who had a natural affinity for it would be able to do you know yeah so from there i just started rolling with it and this is fall 15. my man ends up going to the military in winter 2016 he leaves me all his equipment and it was a wrap after that because oh, i was man. like Bet. what a blessing yeah literally a thousand probably fifteen hundred dollars worth of equipment he was like hey you know what i'm saying you, you my bro you my frat bro you could just you know just hold on to it till i come back in june and mm. i started djing parties around april and may yeah i wasn't getting paid yet but like yeah man that was that was an interesting nine months shout out to my man justin miles who uh literally <laughs> gave me the oop and began my DJ career, you know? Yeah, so that, that's that's really how it started. And that was two years ago, so yeah. yeah. That's a good look, that's definitely a good look. So, and I always and I always pictured DJing as, I mean, you guys are audio curators, and like that's what it is, being exactly. able to find things and put them together and make it all sound good, like that's what it is. It's one thing to just, oh hey, let's put a playlist together with just right. all the best songs. But if it's not sequenced the right way, it's not going to mm-hmm. slap the same. And what I love about uh, DJs and, you know, what I try to do is when I put playlists together and even when I dabble in SoundCloud mixes is it's not just about putting a song, the hot songs, hot song after mm-hmm. hot song. It has to flow. And I think that that's such a cool thing that you guys have been able to do. It's such a cool technique and art artistry. Uh, of that. So the question I'm going to actually ask is, what is that learning curve like? Like, what is that learning curve as far as picking up how to DJ? So, okay, cool. You have the right. ear. And for me, in my in my opinion, you know, Danny and I always talk about this, like, oh, man, we can do this. 
because we had that ear only if we knew how to get the technical stuff down. So I was talking just, about the technical stuff. That. Yeah. Where's that? Where's that learning curve? How was that learning curve? Picking it up for the first time. Right. How was that? I'm going I'm to keep it 100. I, as, as music savvy as I might be, I think I might be more tech savvy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I grew right. up, literally, like, when it came to computers, I'm the one solving all the problems for my mom. You know, I get it from my dad, actually. He taught himself how to code and make websites. But uh, I've, I've always been very tech savvy. So if you, you know, try to consider DJing as a product of knowing the technology and knowing the music, I, I think I had a head start with both. You know, so as far as just learning the board, I learned a Serato and how to manipulate the sound, how to connect songs together. That, that came pretty easily, man. So I feel like I'm blessed in that regard. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that, that would probably, it depends on who you are, but that would probably, for a lot of people, be the biggest learning curve. For people who have a, a very strong affinity for music, who are very mm-hmm. musically gifted, the technology could hold them back. And vice versa, for someone who's extremely good with technology, mm-hmm. um, the musical aspect could hold them back. You know what I mean? Right. You right. can find yourself being too technical with your song choices or with your sets just because you're too into the technology and oh yeah, I'm gonna mash things up perfectly and do it this way, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, you gotta you gotta feel it, bro. And you have to have like if you were to consider DJing as like a dichotomy, it would literally mm-hmm. be the music and the technology. And if you could figure out how to manipulate both, mm-hmm. not manipulate, but understand both and utilize both and then combine them, then that's when you get a good DJ. You know what I'm saying? Talking right. about the technical stuff too, we're not gonna really get into this, but you see DJs like Jazzy Jeff and A Track who are turntablers, and it's just like, man, when it comes to the technology, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like just to hear a Jazzy Jeff scratch routine, man, shit crazy. But you man. got no music too. But when you talk right. about the technical aspect, like that's the pinnacle for me is like being like Jazzy Jeff or A Track. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as scratching and and, and beat oh. juggling and all that good shit. But yeah, man, it's to go back to the original question, it, it's it's about knowing both. And for I me, they, I don't think there was much of a learning curve, to be honest. I kind of had a head start, man, and I'm very blessed for that. Oh, uh, man, I feel that. I feel that. So uh, this podcast is coming out on audio, but, you know, I can I we're on video and I can see as you're talking about this, how excited you are and just how I can see oh, the yeah, passion. Man. I can see the passion on your face. So I guess the hey, question is, the question is, so right now, are you viewing this? Is it still, are you, are you having fun with this? Like, is it still a hobby or is this like, hey, like I want to make my mark in DJing. Like I want to be known as a DJ. Cause again, I know you have other, you know, you, I know you have aspirations in other fields professionally. Right. You're a smart dude, uh, very smart dude actually. We can talk about that uh, a little bit later. So the question is, is this like, oh, hey, I'm still having fun with this and I'm gonna ride this out as long as I can ride this out. Or you're like, no, my mindset right now is getting this through like i want my name like this right right well I, I, shit I, I would say that i've definitely reached a new phase in my dj career and my perspective mm-hmm. on what place djing has in my life i started off out of school ended up back in school at salisbury and from there it got it got serious because i'm in an environment where i could really dj consistently and beyond that get paid for it you know so i continue with that momentum and mm-hmm. it's just a side gig while i'm in school so I can right. eat and pay and, and pay my rent, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Graduate from school, shit got, starts getting more serious, right? I'm in the scene more in DC, I'm working with artists. I'm actually supposed to be on tour right now. Literally supposed to be in Minneapolis, I think. Oh man. <laughs> in the second second leg of my tour with Dev Jam, bro. But it, it's cool though, cause you know, coronavirus had 
uh, had a bigger impact on other people. My tour is pales in comparison to a lot of the things going on, but that's a whole nother conversation. That goddamn coronavirus, bro. Coronavirus! Fucking Corona. Yeah, no, but virus, bro. Yeah, no, but you know, uh, I, I since I graduated from school, I've been on an interesting, interesting trajectory where it, it's definitely gotten more serious. And I could, at the very least, say there's not a point in my life where I don't see myself be. At the very least, just getting paid on the weekends. I would say that it's not about being known per se, and that that's that's someplace that that that's a point where I feel like a lot of artists get caught up. Is that mm-hmm. it, it's not about the recognition, in my opinion. You know, everyone has their own opinions on the matter. It's about it's about music and art, right? Mm-hmm. And the the space which you inhabit in this case, mm-hmm. um, it's the DC area. Um, we live in a virtual age too. So honestly, mm-hmm. if you consider yourself to be a worldly person, you could inhabit an international space. But as a DJ, figuring out where you contribute. You know what I'm saying? That's any artist is figuring out where you contribute, and as a DJ, figuring out where you contribute as far as as exposing people to music and not just regurgitating the shit they hear on the radio and the shit they hear in the club on the weekends, but rather exposing people to new music and mm-hmm. getting to a point where you can educate people, bro, through the art. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Right, right, right. You can literally educate people through art, not just expose them to, to feelings and emotions, which they didn't necessarily know existed through various artistic means, but literally teach them about culture. And that, I could say that I've gotten to a point where at the very least, I'm going to be getting paid on the weekend. Um, at the at the very most, though, I, I see myself as a, a ser- very, very, very serious part-time DJ traveling internationally, doing shows in Nigeria, doing shows in England, you know mm. what I'm saying, doing shows in Tokyo, doing shows in France, where, you know, like, that, that I think that's pretty tangible, but I'm realistic to the point that I understand that, quote-unquote, making it isn't in the plan for everyone. So I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, all that being said, this is my last point on the matter, but I'm going to put as much work in as possible, keep myself focused, keep myself Rhyming. creative, mm-hmm. yeah, continue, continue to consume content and reflect on where I stand as opposed to saying, yeah, I want to be known. It's like, nah, I'm trying to see what I learned through music and figure out how to disseminate that information and connect the dots as a DJ mm-hmm. so that I can expose people to music and, like I said, at the very least, just make niggas happy <laughs> with the sound <laughs> I'm giving them. Um, a lot of artists... I think sometimes what they get caught up in is, hey, how can I make a dollar off of my art? And usually when you think that way, you're not producing the best work because you're thinking about, okay, like I need to do the most trendy thing right now because the most trendy thing is making money because I see these other artists making money and artists in in every type of medium where it's like, hey, no, why don't you put out, why don't you perfect your, like, do you find your niche, right? Because you'll build an audience off your niche. Like someone's going to fuck with the, the content that you put out and that you're delivering and the sounds that you're delivering and you focus on that, like you're going to get your eventually, you know, it might take longer than others to get paid. But I think if you focus on that money aspect, it's just not going to come genuinely. It's not going to come as quick and you're going to be so stressed out about, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta make a buck off of this. How can I make a buck? Instead of just like, nah, let me have fun with it. And just again, hearing what you've been putting out on SoundCloud and being at your parties uh, you know, being at homecoming, which is, you know, always alive and fun time and, and things like that. And just hearing you talk about it, like you're, you're passionate about it. I can tell just from your passion, like you're not focused necessarily on the money. And I think that shows in your work. And it's, it's again, it's enjoyable to listen to uh, what you put out. Speaking of which, I want to actually talk about um, 
you know, what's been influencing, like what influences your music taste, what influences your set? Uh, also for people that don't know, and I, again, depending on who's listening to this podcast, uh, I know you have Cuban heritage. Uh, yeah, man. You have a Cuban, you got, you have a Cuban background and thinking about some of your mixes. First of all, your first mix you put on, uh, on SoundCloud, drum chata, drum chata. And even with Primavera, I can hear that, that house sounds, uh, a little Bali. I, I think so. If I, if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. in there too. So yeah, I, I do my research. Listen, man, I'm not just, I'm not just talking just right. to talk. I, I'd be listening, man. So what, what would you say influences your, your, your music, your sets and like what pushes you or what do you, what, what do you find? What are you listening to that gets you like, Oh man, like I gotta, I gotta work with this. I gotta be creative with this. Right, right, right. Honestly, man, shit, I don't even know where to start. This is a great question, but it's, a million different ways I can answer it. Um, shit. I think, firstly, I, I listened to so much music growing up. I know I already mentioned this. Everything mm-hmm. from the Gorillas to Sade. Um, I played. Yeah, that's the, a range. Classical. That's a range. Yeah, right. Nah, randomly, bro. I looked, my first CD was the Gorillas, man. <laughs> uh, nah, but uh, yeah, I listened to a lot of different music. Um, I played the piano for 10 years, classical piano mostly. I played the percussion for seven years allowing me to play like 30 different instruments. So I, I have a pretty strong musical background. Um, I also have weird taste in general, mm. as far as like all types of shit goes. Like I wouldn't say anime is weird, but back in the day when niggas were in high school, it wasn't necessarily the mainstream per se, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, I've always been a little eclectic and eccentric, um, but as far as my heritage, all right, so Cuban heritage is extremely interesting, right? A lot of people don't know this, but Cuba is one of the African hubs in the Western Hemisphere. Are you familiar with Santeria? Uh, tease me, bro. Let me Santeria. put my dashiki on real quick. Let me get my right, right. let me get my hotep. Let me get my hotep. Let me open up my third eye real quick. <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to give y'all a lesson in spirituality, but I use the Santeria example to illustrate a point about how African culture is translated directly into Cuban culture. Santeria, to my knowledge, is nothing but Yoruba mysticism. Like specifically Yoruba mysticism, to the point that my family identifies as Yoruba Nigerian via Cuba. You know, interestingly enough, you know, gods like Oshun, for example, were adapted into saints so that Yorubas in Cuba could mask their uh, their traditional practice. Mm-hmm. You know, veiling it with Christianity, so the Spaniards and Italians or whoever was out there wouldn't come up and say, "Hey, you better you better worship God. Stop stop fucking worshiping those voodoo gods." You know what I'm saying? So from there, that maintenance and that you know continuance of african culture in cuba evolved into a, a variety of means right the music being one salsa mm-hmm. music to my knowledge again i could be wrong but based on my research salsa music was the beginning of the latin musical sound mm. by way of yoruba culture as it's mm. documented and to my knowledge and from there you get the latin american sound right and at all family functions growing up we listening to salsa music you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm not playing. I'm not playing salsa myself per se, but I'm around my family enough. We're linking up when I'm younger, six, seven, eight times a year at family functions, and it's mm-hmm. nothing but salsa. You know what I'm saying? So you hear that influence in not just my my affinity for dance music and my love for dance music, but in that African drum pattern that too. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, yeah, that that's culturally that's actually a big influence, not just on me, but on Western Hemisphere music in general, very, very fun fact that not a lot of people know about. But um, 
yeah, going back to me, it's just I, I listened to a lot growing up. Culturally being Cuban, I explained how that plays into, you know, that that eclectic personality right. and identity, being African, but still being Caribbean and still being mm-hmm. Latino. And then obviously being American, and on top of that, being a Washingtonian, go-go plays a part, mm-hmm. you know? And ultimately, if I were to try to like like really put this put put my musical taste and and my perspective on music and my my current disposition in a nutshell, it would be drums, bro. Mm-hmm. It would be drums. Where it's like my latest mixes, little secret, I've mixed differently in that I'm I'm literally looking for drum patterns that are gonna flow and not just that are similar, but are gonna flow and fit mm. the theme of what I'm trying to do, and and almost orchestrating mixes as if they're a movie. There's a plot. There's a beginning, middle, and there's a climax. And like any good movie, it's going to have a plot which flows. All the pieces are going to connect. It builds up to the end. But beyond that, a really good movie is going to be unpredictable. That joint's going to have you on your toes. And that's mm-hmm. why I feel like I'm not going to compare myself to other DJs, but I hear mixes where it's like you feel like I've heard this shit before or, or like, you know, um, I, I knew it was coming. You know what I mean? It's like, right. okay, I expected that. But it's like a good mix. It's going to be random as hell. It's not going to be random, but it's going to keep you on your toes, but it's still going to flow. Like a good I got movie. you. Mm-hmm. I'd say the best com- the best comparison I could give now, especially because of one movie of the year, is Parasite. With that Parasite, <laughs> the movie, that joint is inspiring me more artistically than anything I else. I still right got to watch that. I still got to watch that. Don't watch any previews, bro. Just be ready All to right. read the subtitles. Say less. That joint, say less. Listen, shameless plug, that shit is fucking amazing, bro. <laughs> Nah, yo, that joint, it, it inspires me artistically. Hmm. Literally on a different level, like, my last mix was mostly inspired by Parasite as a movie more than any other, like, source of music, any other, like, art form. Like, literally, mm-hmm. that movie right there was like, yo, if I can DJ the way that, I forgot the director's name, I'm sorry. But if I can DJ the way that he constructed this movie, I, I would be happy with my shit. I don't give a fuck mm-hmm. what anyone thinks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Got you. This is the question I'm going <laughs> to ask. You talked about this. Uh, as far as you know and being in from the DMV you know we are living in the Bowie area now I'm from Baltimore I mean we were both around DC uh, when we were in college how do you feel like the DMV is represented in music in the mu- music industry or even better yet we can dial it down a little bit more um, as far as what the music scene in the DMV area has done to influence you are there Mm -hmm. other artists and creatives that you're really fucking with right now like for instance you know i think you and k meta have also been like on a on a set together correct or Mm -hmm. uh, done a party together and i know he's uh, yeah 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 and he's pretty uh you know he's pretty lit and you know we have some other we have some other people yeah we have some other people uh coming out from the dmz and not just local artist well yeah like local as far as like okay we might know them and they might not be mainstream but we have some artists that are now you know mainstream uh, you have Golink, you have you know brent faez shy glizzy right LA. i mean he's been you know he's been a staple and like you can arguably say that he's the one that really helped put dmv on the map for real uh when he it just comes to like recent like mainstream music and there's just so many um do you feel like DMV gets its recognition in the music space? Like, does it get the same recognition as New York? Does it get the same recognition oh, nah. as like in Atlanta or out West? Uh, right, right, like, right. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts? Shit, I, I have a lot of thoughts about this, man. As as I as I graduated from school and integrated myself into the scene, 
I got to see a lot of this shit firsthand. I'm not the biggest expert, but I ha- I have worked with a good number of individuals. I work with some rappers. Um, I'm close with a group of producers and and bloggers in the scene and radio show hosts. Shout out to the factory. So yeah, I I, I think I have a pretty good perspective on it. But overall, like if you want to break down, if you want to break down the DMV right at, at the most fundamental level, this is a metropolitan area with six million people, right? One of the biggest between this and Baltimore. It, it would be like in the top 10 biggest metropolitan areas in the country, along with New York, LA, Dallas, Houston, Chicago, and Atlanta, and Philly, right? And that whole, like all those areas in themselves are like the only places which are bigger than this area, right? There, there was literally 20 year stretch of time probably, but we didn't do nothing but go-go. Niggas went rapping. Right. Yeah. Everyone focused on go-go. So if you, if, you, if you think about it as a competition, everyone else had a head start. Mm-hmm. Just because we were doing our own thing, and all these areas were rapping, even though they had their own unique styles of rap, niggas was rapping. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everyone was rapping. We weren't rapping. We were literally making go go. You know. So now, if you consider it a competition, we're playing catch up. I don't think we're playing catch up because we're just doing our own thing and developing our own culture, which in right. itself is beautiful. You know. But um, you see niggas like Wale, who was D- he was essentially the first big name rapper from DC, and. Nick- Niggas don't give him enough credit for a variety of reasons. While they be bitching, yes. He said he was from Moco. He said he was from DC when he's really from Moco. Nigga, what else would you say? No one knows what the fuck Moco is. No, you're the country. right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you say DC, like, bro, if you were to go to, if you were to go out the country, would you tell niggas you live in the Owens Mills? Nah, nah, because absolutely exactly. not. <laughs> exactly. Like, absolutely bro, not. You, you say I'm from out the country, Moco. not even, not even, not even, not even out the state. Because again, right, you exactly. don't know those geographic, like you don't know those geographic pinpoints. So yeah, you get a little bit right. more specific when you talk to other people in right. the area, in the DMV. Oh, specifically, oh. okay, I'm from Owens Mills. And you know, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole thing. I know on the Baltimore side, it's funny because if you like, if you're from Baltimore City, like that's a thing. If you're from the county, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing out of DC area. Like if you're from PG, that's a thing. If you're from MoCo, that's exactly. a thing. If you're from dc or yeah, you from you know if you're from southeast that's the thing you know what i'm saying southeast versus northeast bro, across the street from each other but niggas will still beef over it you know mm-hmm. but that just illustrates like the the intricacies behind geography and how that we as an area recognize that and call wale out for it when it really didn't fucking matter and that but that that's a whole nother topic we're not even gonna talk about <laughs> that fast forwarding though that's that's around like late 2000s early 2010s or whatever um moving into like now, bro, shit is on the rise. Yeah. You know, you see on, the, on like the more, not underground, but more international, eclectic level, the less traditional level for black people, you see people like Kalila. If you're mm-hmm. familiar with her, she's highly reviewed, world-renowned artist. Like, she has a, a massive following. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then on the more traditional hip-hop side, you see niggas coming up. Rico Nasty. Yep. IDK. You yep. know what I'm saying? If you're familiar, Chaz French. Internet James. Cue the fool, you know. So shit is coming up. Shit is mm-hmm. definitely coming up. And the Hold thing on. about I need this, a, I need, we need a, we need a pause because I, I need those. Uh, I need my listeners to uh, write those names down. Write those names down. I hope you have your notepads right. out. Every time we, every time we put some names on, man, we're trying to put y'all right because we're exactly. the plugs. We're the plugs. Go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> nah, but yeah, for real. But it's funny. Hey, y'all really want to write this shit down though? Like in the underground, the scene is thriving, bro. DC is beautiful, man, because it, it's an amazing space space to create because one, it's black as hell in DC. You know? Mm-hmm. I mentioned a couple other metropolitan areas 
in general, all these places are really black, but I would venture to say the only one which is blacker than DC in this whole area is Atlanta. Could be wrong. Could be wrong, but I would venture to say that based on my current level of knowledge. So we are black as hell, so we have the ability to create art and music by us for us. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the underground space, that shit isn't isn't isn't, you know, it's not fucking uh censored, it's not I'm trying to figure out the word for it. It's not manipulated by the the higher ups to fit their agenda for what they want shit to sound like. It's bro, this shit is raw. And then that's when you right. get rappers like, bro, my fav- one of my favorite rappers, period, is Raheem Supreme. And I hope you hear this, because I you my nigga, bro. Not just because I fuck with you, but you can rap like shit. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man. I mean, Uncle Uncle John, nigga can rap like shit. Sir EU is like the, the quintessential do-it-yourself, I don't give a fuck artist. Like, that nigga is like mixing techno with goddamn hip-hop with all type of crazy shit. Like, this nigga performed at the Boiler Room Festival in London. Nigga from D.C. who was rapping with Goldlink years ago, and niggas don't even know about this shit. Like, the Boiler Room Festival. For, like, mm-hmm. the whole techno house scene, that's a big fucking deal. You know? And then you hear people talking about, oh, yeah, the DMV doesn't have artists. It's like, if you if you really acknowledge the circumstances, bro, it, it's coming, man. And we're on the rise right now, bro. We are on the oh, rise. Many eyes on the area, Baltimore included. And, bro, I think one of the biggest keys to us being successful in the DMV and Baltimore. I, I don't count Baltimore in the DMV, unfortunately, because it's not on the metro. It's not on it's not on the metro system. Y'all are still y'all are family though. Y'all are stepbrothers. You know, it's funny because like just real quick, you know, uh <laughs> uh the funny thing about that is like we can give zero fucks about being part of the DMV because most people are just like, yo, Baltimore is the only thing that matters in Maryland, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and it's not until you kind of reach out and you go, for, you know, go forward on, and you know that's when you kind of get hip to other certain things. And Maryland itself, uh, when you think about it, just the state of Maryland, part of the, you know, the M in the DMV, the state of Maryland has just so many different subsections. Uh, Baltimore yeah. is different than Howard County. Uh, Which is it's different, different than, than fucking PG. PG. Hope, you know what I'm saying? You go out to Bethesda. It's just different. It's just different vibes. Yeah. Everything. You almost feel like you're in a whole different state. Uh, and then don't even get me started once you go into D.C. And then don't get me started when you go out to Virginia. Because right. Alexandria different. is different than Fairfax. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go out right. to certain different areas of uh, yeah. Virginia. It's a whole it's a whole different ball game for real. So the right. further you get out, it's different vibes. Uh, it's different, yeah. it's different uh, mannerisms different fashion just mm-hmm. it's, exactly it's, it's different it's different but it's beautiful because you know yeah always always rep your set always always be treated from you know where you're from for sure but then at the end of the day when you just appreciate the beauty of everything that each place offers and that's what i've been able to do over the years uh i always love just taking a moment and just being like wow like this is different from where i'm from but i love it and then it's even better when you're able to turn and find the beauty in where you're from, like the beauty in your right. own city, the beauty in your hometown. Like just never take that for granted because whether whether you think it's dope or not or whether you're just like, oh, like whether you rep it or whether you don't, I'm telling you, like where you're from definitely plays a big part in your Absolutely. upbringing for sure. Like I'll, just, I'll never, ever, 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 ever downplay uh, Baltimore. So, right. yeah, man. About finding that love, bro. We just gotta unite. Mm-hmm. We have to unite, bro. Cause yeah. it's, it's it's a lot of goddamn people in Baltimore. A lot of people in in the DMV or Washington metropolitan area, what have mm-hmm. you, whatever you want to call it. 
So mm-hmm. if we if we unite and join forces, which I see starting to happen, mm-hmm. amazingly, bro, we're gonna be unstoppable. Give it, give us twenty years, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we we gonna be one of the most most major powerhouses. Yeah. As far as music goes, man, <laughs> and people gonna really it's gonna it's it's gonna show. It's gonna show. It's yeah. like it's too many resources in this area, too much creativity, and beyond that, bro, the DMV area is like literally the wealthiest metropolitan area in the fucking country. You yeah. know, and anywhere where there's wealth. And there's black wealth here too. You have the resources to create. Unfortunately, I, I feel like that that's that's a product of, of classism. Shouldn't be like that. But poor people should have the same access mm-hmm. to resources that allow them to create. But like it's just a way of life that the more money you have, easier it is to be an artist because you don't have yeah. to worry about the things that people in poverty do or people with less money do. Mm-hmm. And this area literally has that. There's a lot of wealth here. And I feel yeah. like that inevitably is gonna lead to a lot of creation. Which right. you know, yeah, man. Yeah, going back to your point though, bro, shit is on the rise. If you're not paying attention, you're full not paying circle. Attention, yeah, start. But listen, start paying attention, man. Start mm-hmm. paying attention. If you're looking Do that. for, for re, yeah, if you're looking for resources or artists to follow, always hit me up. It's Stacy up. I really recommend you follow the Factory T H F C T R Y. And my my personal friends, my brothers who do a lot of underground music blogging for the DMV, they on the come up too. You know, so check them out if you're really looking for some good local underground shit. And, and, hey, it's fire too. It's not no bullshit. We're not gonna say you know Fugazi ass. Okay, I, I'm not. I'm turning this shit off after ten seconds. Like nah, <laughs> you gonna hear some shit like nigga. Are you sure this is from the area and I didn't know about it? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> good plug. Yeah, good, man. good, good, shameless plug. We can definitely do a whole dissertation and TED talk about the influence of DMV on the music scene and et cetera, et cetera. But we do have uh, a podcast uh, and more interview questions to go over. And I definitely got to throw some curveballs at you. So just be prepared for that. And we got to hear some music eventually. So we got to leave some space for that. Uh, We are in an interesting time uh, in the, in these quarantine moments, COVID-19 and what's been interesting. The most interesting part about it, I think is how, people have been connected. It's interesting. It's ironic because we have this whole term social distancing, but I think people have become more connected, you know, via the internet, via online. And I think one of the biggest platforms that artists have been using have been, you know, Instagram live, Facebook live, just going live and having people listen. So my question to you is like with IG live being big with like quarantine, like how do you feel about DJs capitalizing on going live i know if you've gone live a yeah. couple times i've seen you go live on facebook as well um what have what like what's your thoughts on just how right. djs have been djs and artists in general have, have been capitalizing uh on this new medium yeah I, I like it man i like it um i personally went live on facebook because i was doing it for an event which mm. i was asked to do by my father um of my own volition i probably wouldn't have done it just because at this very moment I feel like I don't have much to offer just from going on IG Live for myself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, in general, though, I like it a lot, man. For people like D-Nice, he really, he didn't, I wouldn't say he capitalized on it, because he did. He probably just intended to do a DJ set. Mm-hmm. Bro, this man went from, like, 100,000 followers to, like, a million. You know what I mean? So, like, for people like D-Nice, like, he really caught that wave, and it worked out as far as strengthening his brand. In small part, too, because his spot was nice as shit, just like Tory Lanez, by the mm-hmm. way. <laughs> People who, who sitting in their basement with shitty spots don't get that many views. But right. if you have good if you have good content and the, the, the view is nice in the background, you're going to mm-hmm. do numbers, period. Like, be nice yeah. and Tory Lanez and show this. You need the fucking wall to floor windows and some funny shit or some good tunes. Yeah. Your shit will go up. 
But nah, yeah. I, I like it. I like it overall, man. Cause the creatives are still finding a way to create for DJs specifically. Um, niggas just doing what they would be doing for free. Like, right. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just playing songs, man. Like, this is what I would be doing at this mm-hmm. time anyway. So let's just, just run it up. Everyone could tune in, no charge. I'm like the club or the party. Um, so my, fa- I can't lie, my favorite shit is, is like the beat battles. <laughs> yeah, I love that shit, bro. Cause some produ- producers and artists are getting in their bag. For example, bro, Wizkid played the original One Dance, bro. It's like, mm. all right, if it was if it wasn't for this IG Live, we never would have got this joint. To be honest. right, no, you absolutely you know right. I mean? I, some artists like really dig in, and I think what's really fun, and Danny and I have talked about this on the podcast already before, is that you now have you probably have people that didn't know what was in your catalog. Like you have a new audience right. members, even with older artists and songwriters and things like that. Uh, it's a little interesting how sometimes they pair, you know, these battles, whether it's like, oh, songwriter versus songwriter and like, oh, is there a winner, mm-hmm. this and a third? I mean, the culture wins, you know what I'm saying? The artists, right. the artists ultimately win exactly. all together. So it's always, it's always a good time. Like there's, and there's always jokes and things like that. And Twitter's right. always a field day right afterwards. So I, I mean, you know, I'm all, I'm here for the whole thing. I'm here for the music, I'm here for the jokes, the memes, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna throw a curveball question at you, right? Okay. Went to uh, St. John's, uh, St. John's in DC, correct? That I did, yes sir. Yeah, uh, high school, and you played football, and you played, uh, you you guys have a rival, correct? Who's your your rival in football? Gonzaga. Gonzaga, right? So back in, I wanna say, 2011, you Ooh, won the Great American uh, Rivalry Series uh, Student oh, Athlete Award, correct? That was against that was against Good Counsel. Yeah, man, I did. Yeah, so Shit. we um, I went. Yeah, bro, I told you, I, I, I'm gonna throw some curveballs at you. Uh, oh, we also God. did. We were also part of the uh, the Great American Rivalry Series. I went to uh, the Baltimore Polytechnic Institute. Ah, uh, uh, um, and every time uh, I was on varsity for the, for three years, we had beaten that uh, dump on a hump. Uh, over there, <laughs> that the the school that shall not be named. And, right. Hey, you know, keep it positive, bro. Keep yeah. It positive. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, know <laughs> I, got, I know. I got some city folk looking listening on here. It's still all love, but we. Um, right. Yeah. No. I mean that that in itself for me. I know for me, just being a part of that, and I just love being able to leave a legacy. Uh, was that mm-hmm. kind of the same sense of, for you, like being a part of being a part of that uh, that type of rivalry, uh, playing sports in school, like yeah. has, how is that? How is, how, like, boom. So here's the thing. Like, how has your high school experience kind of affected how you are now? Cause I'll be honest. I think right. I really got into my, I got into my music bag as far as my exposure in middle school and high school, my yeah. eighth grade science teacher. Um, he had, he held a, and he was like, uh, he was one of the only like black teachers that I had up until that point, he held a hip hop, uh, like a like a hip hop club, like after school type of thing. And I remember he gave me a burn CD copy of Lil Wayne's The Drought Three. And ever since then, like he put me onto that. He put me onto Slick Rick. He put me onto all, like just all 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 the all the old all the old stuff, man. All the classics. Right. And ever since then, my my music tastes have just been, just been. I've just been itching to like get more. And you know, I found a group of of students and uh, of classmates in school that had similar music tastes and were putting me on to things. And I think that helped me connect with so many different people in high school. Uh, and I know you said that like, you were, your music taste had really, was, yeah. you know, got, got cultivated at a very young age. Uh, did you have mm-hmm. other people around you as you were coming up that had the same thing? Like, did you, you know, did you have your click that you could share music with, or was this kind of like, right. a, Oh, like, nah, this is my own, 
like this is my little side hobby and you know i'll appreciate it by myself yeah it's weird man because in high school i i was more of like i couldn't even call it bro i i, I did everything i was a jock because i played football i was also in the band all four years um by my sophomore year i was promoted to lead percussionist in the top band um that's why you're in the drums yeah right and also i i was a, an extremely good student like my cumulative GPA leaving high school is like a four four or some shit. Mm-hmm. I even won the science. I won the science award in fucking my junior year for AP chemistry. So like I, I was pretty well rounded, man. And I I gotta say that like, oh nine to to twenty twelve was when I was in high school. Or no, two thousand eight to twenty twelve was when I was in high school. And musically, I, bro, I was I was fucking heavy with go go, man. It's like I I kind of I was late to the go go wave, but I started really fucking with it in like seventh to eighth grade. By the time I was a freshman and sophomore in high school, bro, I was burning CDs and selling them joints in the hallway just because I had a GoGo Central account and, and niggas didn't have the energy to, like, crate dig and find all the things they wanted to hear. So, like, I capitalized on the fact that I knew where to find the shit, going back mm-hmm. to the tech savviness, and I would just sell GoGo CDs. And around the same time, I, bro, I was heavy on Lil Wayne, bro. Mm-hmm. Heavy on Gu- heavy on Gucci, bro. That's all niggas on the football team listen to. So I was like, wow, bro. Facts. That was big yeah. back in big 2010, Gucci. 2011, yeah. 20, 2009. Nah, big stuff. Oh, the State versus Roger Davis. That yeah. don't crank. But then shit, bro, shit really started to shift towards the latter half of my high school career. So, like, I remember as a junior in 2011, I discovered my man's put me on to the weekend. I'm not going to say I discovered the weekend. And that, bro, I remember House of Balloons because that don't yeah. fuck me up. And I can't lie, that's when I started smoking weed. So, you know, like that dark gothic, yeah. like dr- dr- drug-infused music hit you differently. And I started like talking to girls more frequently. So I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, like this, this joint All right. slapping. Yeah, side note, wait, time. real oh, quick, yeah. real quick. Side note, side yeah. note. So you're, all right, we're talking about House of Balloons. How do you feel about Weekend's new project? Bro, me and my mans were talking about this. Best project since House of Balloons. His best project since House of Balloons? Nothing tops House of Balloons though. Nothing yeah, else. No, you can't. You, nothing, <laughs> first bro. of all, no. If you're if you're a House of Balloons stand, there's you will never be happy with anything that he you puts out since then. I'm gonna I'm gonna say since trilogy, not just House of Balloons, but since fuck. Well, I the mixtape era is different. Balloons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. House Echoes of, Balloons, of Silence Thursday. Thursday. Echoes of Silence on Thursday, bro. Yeah. yeah, that weekend was different, bro. That week, yeah. But this yeah. joint right here, that's the best shit he's put out since the whole trilogy, bro. Mm-hmm. Like this joint had a much different feel. It was like like the antithesis to his early shit where it's like mm-hmm. it's not as nice musically in my opinion but this joint is really polished and has a great mm-hmm. sound to it and it has such a positive bounce to it where it's like he's tried to accomplish that in the past with joints like i can't feel my face is great it was a little cheesy to me but like bro, let me look on my like, fucking like what bro like too late that joint's crazy <laughs> uh i want to one give some time for you to you know play some music and i know you have some tunes for us so i do want to spare some time and i'm gonna throw some more curveball curveball questions at you and then we can uh get ready to wrap up so right. i want to know like what do you what's what's influencing you i know people send you music i know you have your your sources and your and your you're the plug in certain areas as well so like home like what do you what do you got what do you got for audience members to listen to you right now oh yeah man yours yeah, bro. I, I I like making remixes of songs. Put very simply, you you gonna see these beats aren't mine, by the way. I get them from my friends, but you you will hear my beats eventually when I want you to. Um, ba 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 ba. Yeah, I'm gonna play this track first. 
Yes, sir. Hey, everything be like off the top these days. Like these days, I don't even know what a pad is these days, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck that hoe, cause she a knack knack. Yeah. the one for me, baby. You got shit I need, bitch. You want me to take my time with you? Or maybe I'm not your speed, bitch. Maybe I'm not your lead, bitch. You ain't got no cheese, bitch. Maybe I'm just too cheap for you. Maybe I'm just too screen, bitch. I can even roll in peace, why? Everybody notice me, yeah. I can even go to sleep, why? I'm rolling on the beat, yeah. They tried to give me eight, got on my knee like Jesus, please. You don't even believe in Jesus. Why you got a Jesus, please? If you wanna leave, just leave. But you ain't got a lot of me. Even the blind can see. But you ain't gon' ride for me. You ain't even showing me the love you say you got for me. There ain't no loyalty you got in me. You say that you gon' ride for me. Maybe that's bad for me. Yeah, for the sake of time, I'm going to cut that joint short so I can get into some other shit. All right. How, how much more time do we have? Can I play two? No, you can play. Yeah, you can play two. All good. Cool, 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 cool. Well, this joint right here, it's my man Black Fortune. He another DMV up-and-coming rapper. My man was actually seen with Diddy within the last half a year, which is a big fucking deal, as I'm sure you know. Nigga from Landover. And to me, he personifies the trap sound for the DMV. I made a remix of his song, Hurricane Katrina, and this is it, man. All right. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm just gonna play one more, bro. The other oh, dude, bro, I really want, I really want to play this joint, but I am pretty sure I will drop it relatively soon on SoundCloud, either on my page or on the collective page or the page of the collective I work with for DJs who do this remix shit. All Class right. party, yeah, be on the lookout. This the last joint. This shit is a gem, bro. I like. If I have to say there's one remix or mashup or, you know, whatever the fuck I really fuck with throughout my DJ career, this is the one. Like, if I had, if someone was like, yo, send me one thing that you this made. This is it. This is it, bro. Just buckle up, man.
shit could get menacing, frightening, find help. Sometimes I scare myself, myself. Shit could get menacing, frightening, find help. Sometimes I scare myself, myself. Tweaking, tweaking like that 2CB high. Is he gonna make it TBD high? Thought I was gonna run DMC high. I done died and lived again on DMT high. See, this is the type of high that won't come down. This is the type of high that get you gunned down. Easy, easy trolling OD high. Turn TMC to smack TBD high. Russell Simmons wanna pray for me too. I'ma pray for him cause he got me too. my friend mm. yeah man mm. i fucking love it. i love that joint bro shout out to youtube yeah man shout out to youtube lo-fi beats bro uh we are we are getting the tail end so one i want to be able to give you uh some time to you know get your shameless plugs in where the people can find you uh, but i do want to yeah. ask a couple more questions uh as we wrap up uh one of the questions okay. i have for you uh other than you know again other than music man uh, you know, what else are you doing during these quarantine times, man? Like you, you, you I, I know you had the smoothie on deck. You just told me you finished oh, yeah. working out before we got on this. Uh, I know you, I know you, I know you're in your cooking bag too, man. Are you getting creative mm-hmm. with the cooking? Like, tell me what else you're doing, man. Other than, yeah, other than the music, man, what else you getting into? Yeah, man, honestly, it's just like you said, bro, cooking, Lot, lots of cooking, man. Home workouts too. And, you know, finding, trying to find a set routine between making food to my satisfaction and working out and then creating too. True. So and give me, give me a dish, bro. Give me a dish. Put the shit, people what on. You, what should people be cooking? All right, all right. Man, shit. You should be, you should be nourishing your body, man. I, I try to eat for function and flavor and trying to find that balance. For example, I know that my body thrives pretty well on a low carbohydrate diet so i try to reduce my carbs um but i also like to eat plant-based so it's hard to find that balance when you need protein obviously if you want a low carb diet so what i do is i eat a lot of salmon one of my go-to dishes for function and flavor is blackened salmon bro maybe with like some salmon yeah with a homemade blackening seasoning with like smoked paprika black pepper cumin uh some cayenne pepper etc yeah, that would maybe like, maybe like some spinach, some raw greens. Um, I like mushrooms with it too. And if I were to do, if I were to do some, some carbs with that, I'd probably do quinoa or sweet potatoes because those mm, are something like that. That gets yeah, a funk flex bomb on top. Get y'all eats up out there, podcast listeners. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 
Oh, you got to get creative during these times, man. Got to get creative during these times. I'm actually, after we do this and right before I edit, I'm going to make some some crab cakes with some rice, uh, some mixed vegetables. Nah, man, I mean, it's been fun just at home cooking because now I got all the time and the energy in the world to do it. Uh, made some breakfast quesadillas the other day. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, I made I, that, I made salmon. So talking about salmon, I made a salmon pesto uh, last night, and that was Ooh. bomb. Uh, this oh, weekend, yeah, yeah, this weekend I'm gonna try my hands at uh, some breakfast nachos. That's what I'm okay, looking forward okay. to. Yeah, bro, bro. I made I made I made a uh, I made I made a vegan pistachio pesto pasta two days ago with red lentil pasta mm. and seared scallops, bro. That joint was crazy. No mm. carbs, no mm. carbs, because it was lentil pasta, bro. High protein and delicious. Vegan too. It had no, che- uh, not vegan because it had scallops, but it had no cheese in the pesto, because you know your boy lactose intolerant. <laughs> but uh, as far as the food shit goes, bro, I I've been writing my recipes down. I was doing this before the quarantine and before the expected quarantine. Since then, I just been coming up with ideas leading up to cooking show, and Amen. that's all I'm gonna say as far as a shameless plug. Look out for that this year, whenever the quarantine. If y'all not oh, yeah. fucking with us on the music tip, you're going to be fucking with us on this food tip after this episode. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Hey, just follow me on Instagram and just, you hey, know, man. keep my story. If you ever, if you ever need a little, little, little inspiration or a little evidence, you can just go to that joint. Yeah, man. So it's been really, really, really fun chatting up with you, man. I'm glad we were able to catch up. I'm glad that we man. can kind of delve into what you've been up to, uh, you know, your creative side your 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 views on the music how you've gotten into it and things like that so this is definitely mm-hmm. been a dope episode i really appreciate you being on uh as appreciate our first you, guest man. bro uh where can people find you man drop the socials drop the plugs whatever man where oh, like yeah. ig soundcloud all that yeah man I, i'm spin relo on everything twitter instagram soundcloud should mix cloud too if that's your thing but yeah it's mostly just instagram soundcloud and twitter I would, I would honestly really love some, some love on SoundCloud. I'm not begging niggas, but if you fuck <laughs> with it, you know, just go, nah, just go follow my page. Just cause, man, I don't put as much effort into that shit as I should. But I'm heavy on Instagram, um, pretty heavy on Twitter too. So you know, just follow me, Spinrillo for everything. S P I N R I L L O. Yeah, man. If you like groovy shit, go follow my SoundCloud though. Hey, man. Good shit, bro. Man, this was a good time. Uh, I'm glad you were able to come on, man. Thank you for coming in to the Dog War Podcast radio station. Uh, Thank you, and you know, bro. hey, man, just because we just did this interview doesn't mean you can't come on another time, too. So, you know, as we as we grow in our careers and, you know, we're both in the industry now. So now as we grow into our careers, we'll look back in a couple of years and be like, hey, yo, remember that first interview we did? Yeah, now we right. have pop it. Now we have our own publication. We got our own record label. You you doing you, you sound exactly. out shows and stuff like that. So it'll be definitely fun. Man, again, Alex, uh, Spinrillo, it's been, it's been a pleasure. It's been dope, you, man. Bro. Thank you for putting the people on to some dope shit. Thank you for letting yeah. us pick your brain. And uh, for my listeners out there, again, follow Spinrello. It's Spinrello at everything, IG, Twitter, SoundCloud. Uh, you've tuned in to the Dog War Podcast radio station. Thank yes, y'all. Uh, we're going to keep coming at y'all with some dope content for sure. So, hey, man. Keep it locked. Hey, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, bro. Of course.